The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. back for another episode of the Chris and Joe show. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Flum. We are your analysis team here for Big Blue View, breaking things down by the film, filling you in on things related to the New York Giants, specifically about roster situations, players, the draft, free agency, you name it. We are your guys for breaking things down deeper than just the hard news for the New York Giants. There are a couple news headlines that have happened this past week and weekend which is why we decided we wanted to cover those things analyze them fill you in on the details as well as our perspectives on how this impacts the Giants going forward the three major things that we are going to discuss on today's show are the cutting of Aldrich Rosas the Giants Pro Bowl kicker DeAndre Baker being placed on the commissioner's exempt list and then lastly Jamal Adams not going to an NFC East team first up the one thing that was the first to happen the most relevant thing to the Giants and I think the biggest blow to the Giants roster was Aldrich Rosas being cut removed from the roster in relation to his current legal situation because of a hit and run that occurred I believe over a month ago so that was a a very difficult situation for Rosas to, to be put into and then also putting the Giants into a difficult situation because he was facing multiple misdemeanor charges because of that hit and run. So they cut Rosas, now signing Chandler Catanzaro almost immediately after announcing the cut, who is a former kicker in the league for five seasons, multiple different teams, Cardinals, Bucks, Panthers, and Jets, most recently with the Jets in the preseason. So now we have to consider, because fans are definitely wondering, can we be confident in Chandler Catanzaro to get the job done? And if you don't know anything about Catanzaro, he's a veteran, he's been around a long time, he's had some good years, but he's also had some lows. Yeah, I think that's really kind of the perfect way to describe him. He's a guy, he wasn't in the NFL last year because he retired after a um, not good preseason basically right after he missed two extra points in the Jets 
preseason game against the Giants last year. So really it was after the first preseason game. So I, I think wondering what the Giants are getting from him is fair. I believe he has about an 83% uh, or sorry, on his career, he's made about 83% of his field goals. Uh, you know, obviously getting more inconsistent towards the end of last year. Now, maybe there are some things on his tape that the Giants like. They've got quite a lot of special teams knowledge on their coaching staff between Joe Judge, uh, McLuhan, uh, Tom Quinn. You know, they've got they've got a lot of guys who really know special teams. So maybe there there was a deeper problem with Ketten Zero that we just don't know about. I look at this edition of Cat and Zero and I see it as a move to play things safe. He did retire, which is a bit odd to, to essentially pull somebody out of retirement to come and join the NFL and join this Giants roster. But the reason why I say it was safe is that they were seeking out somebody that has multiple years of experience that they know could at least get the job done to some extent. You, they didn't want to invest in a rookie, an undrafted free agent rookie, to come in and see if he was capable of doing it. Snapping, or not snapping, uh, kicking in the NFL is very different than in college, and sometimes those guys don't translate properly. So you don't know what you're getting with a rookie. It's a gamble. So Catanzaro, multiple years in the league, he's one of the most experienced guys that was still currently technically available. So this was a move to say, all right, we just need him to get the job done. And if things don't work out and he starts to struggle again, then we maybe reevaluate and move on. Kickers and also most specialists are the most cycling position groups, position group rather, of anything on any NFL roster. They will cycle through guys constantly if players are messing up. You don't have backups on your roster for specialists. It's just one guy. And if that guy messes up, you cut him and you bring somebody else in. Now, I would honestly attribute the issues with Catanzaro to more so being because of just dealing with his own struggles and maybe going through a cold streak. I look at kickers and punters almost as pitchers in the sense that if you are struggling for a period of time, maybe your technique's a little bit off, but it's a lot more mental than it is actually physical. If you're capable of doing it, sometimes you're in your own head a little bit too much and you're not establishing proper consistency. So the other thing that is being considered here, because a lot of people immediately assumed as soon as they cut Rosas, they were going to sign Steven Gostowski, the former Patriots kicker, but they didn't go in that direction. So what what needs to be considered here on why they didn't sign Kostowski? First thing to consider is, you know, why did the Patriots cut him? He's, I believe, 36 years old, or if he isn't 36 now, he will be soon. Oh, no, yep, he is 36 years old. And he has been a great kicker in the NFL since 2006. But, you know, he's 36 years old. He's dealing with or has dealt with a hip injury, and... I think this is a case where really nobody would know him better than Joe Judge. So if there's a reason why they didn't immediately reach out to him, immediately come to terms with him, basically as soon as it looked like Rosas would be a former giant, there definitely has to be a reason. They 
they have to have questions about his health, questions about whether or not he can be consistent or make the kicks that he needs to, you know, as great as he has been, and he might not be ready to uh, close the book on his football career, but if Bill Belichick lets a guy go, there's always a good reason behind it. And Joe Judge was in the perfect spot to know what that reason would be, whether it is the injury or just declining play. We saw his percentages start to really drop off in 2018, where he had almost a made almost 10% fewer of his field goal attempts. So really nobody would know him better than Joe Judge, and you have to imagine he weighed in on the decision. The injury that Gostowski was dealing with is a hip injury. That type of an injury is really not easy to come back from. So you make a good point that Joe Judge definitely knew the fullest extent of what he was dealing with. But as a kicker, a lot of your power is generated from your hips, from the swinging of your leg. If you can't generate the same level of power because you had to be operated on or repaired part of your hip, it's not going to work well for you. A lot of times, guys' careers straight up end because of hip-related injuries. So that, I think, was a big reason why they didn't bring in Steven Gostowski as the guy. Last thing I'm, I'm considering here is do the Giants decide to bring in additional competition, or do they just straight run with Cat and Zero? So I said that during the regular season, you only carry one kicker. But during training camp, we see all the time teams for the first few games have two punters, two kickers, two snappers. Not all the way through, but for whatever position you're maybe considering replacing a guy and you're intrigued by a younger player, you'll usually bring in some form of competition. Or at the very least, someone in to take extra kicks to alleviate some of the the physical strain from your specialists. So for me, Chris, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for them to try and fit somebody onto the roster to bring in another player because they have to limit the roster to smaller than they typically do to around 80. However, I don't know if you can be fully confident in just Chandler Catanzaro. Yeah, I really don't know how much confidence you can have in Kenton Zero. And really, given Judge's background as a special teams coach, I would almost be surprised if they don't bring in another kicker to compete with him. Just because you know he knows what a faulty kicking game, what bad special teams can do to a team as a whole. We have seen the Giants really struggle when their special teams are struggling because kickers score a lot more points than I think they get credit for. And a good kicking game can really help out a defense by pinning back, pinning an offense back, helping to limit returns or coming up with touchbacks. So if you can't count on them for the field goals, you're leaving points on the field. And if his kickoffs are either short or easily returnable, then that could put the defense in a bad position. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see the Giants, even if it's a difficult cut, make room for one more kicker, somebody to come in and compete with Kenton Zero. Now, maybe Kenton Zero wins the competition. He gets in a good headspace. He is able to be consistent. But right now, I think they would really rather have 
a competition and let the best man win rather than give the job to a guy who retired after a bad preseason game. The kicker situation is not an easy one to fully evaluate for your roster. And like you said, I feel that they will at least consider and strongly consider bringing in an undrafted free agent rookie that is currently unsigned. So folks, you probably don't know much about how things shaped out for specialists this recent draft. Well, this year, there were significantly less guys that were signed than there typically are. Usually, a lot of players, I would say 10 to 15, closer to 10 undrafted for agent kickers, are given opportunities for a training camp. There were way less than that this season because of COVID, roster restrictions, not getting to see guys fully as much as you would have wanted to. So there are a ton of players out there that would normally be in competitions in NFL training camps, but are not right now because of what has happened during this offseason. So if they wanted to go do that, they could very well go find someone that is very good that they might have been very interested in during the draft process, but didn't feel the need to bring him in because they had Aldrich Rosas. So now Rosas is gone. They signed Catanzaro. They should go out of their way to bring in an unsigned, undrafted free agent kicker. There are a lot, a lot of guys that are still currently available that are, are worth considering for the Giants, especially because of their situation. Now, another player that was moved from removed from the roster to an extent, not going to be able to play this season for the Giants until further notice was DeAndre Baker. He was added to the commissioner's exempt list. And that just means that only the commissioner could put him on the list. He can't be at practices or games, but he is allowed to be at meetings, work out, get treatment and still get paid. But he is technically not on the Giants roster for this season. Now we already talked about a little bit how DeAndre Baker's legal situation with the robbery charges he was facing in Florida will affect the Giants' corner situation. Now that we know this is happening, we want to address, in our opinion, who ends up being in a beneficial spot to get an increased role because of this. So Chris, who do you think is going to be that cornerback two, and who else do you think might work their way into more of a role? Yeah, Cornerback two, unless the Giants bring in a veteran, uh, that's probably going to come down to either Sam Beer, Sam Beal, or Corey Ballantyne. That much I think is obvious. I'm, I think which one particularly it is might come down to the type of coverage that Patrick Graham wants to play. If he wants to play a more physical press man coverage on the outside, the Giants might lean towards Corey Ballantyne. You know, he struggled last year, but then again, so did Sam Beal. They both, neither one of them was really particularly impressive last year, you know, which was basically a rookie season for both of them since Beal missed his rookie season with injury. They might just have a heads up battle in camp, you know, when we finally get to on field practices and such. If Graham wants to play maybe a little bit more diverse, coverage scheme, then I think they might lean towards Beal, who is a little bit quicker, a little bit more agile, even though he doesn't have the quite the same physicality that Ballantyne does. And from there, I think it kind of trickles over to the slot position, because if we remember last year, now, granted, that was James Betcher, not Patrick Graham, but the Giants did try to get both Beal and Ballantyne involved in slot coverage, just to get all 
all of their young corners on the field. If both of those guys are in a fight for the outside corner job, I think that really does open up the door for either Grant Haley to take the starting slot corner role back or for Darnay Holmes to possibly unseat all of them and get the start as a rookie. I'm a big fan of Sam Beal for this case, and I think that he is going to step into that cornerback two role. He's been limited in the amount of reps we've seen him on the field. Last season, he didn't really play all that much because still fully not recovered from his injury, was able to get onto the field eventually, and did some decent things. Nothing to really get overly excited about. But I I still think the reason why the, the Giants invested that supplemental draft pick in Sam Beal was because he has traits to be a a productive outside corner. So I don't count out Sam Beal to not be a very, very productive player, a guy that can start and and do well enough and get the job done coming into what is now his third year. So I, I am in the camp of that Sam Beal will outperform, I think, a lot of expectations being that corner too. And then the other thing now is Darnay Holmes, Grant Haley, possibly getting some more reps because now somebody is out of the conversation for that competition for cornerback two, and there'll be less guys competing for sub-package roles as as, uh, other corners. Last thing that we're going to hit on for today's show is the recent news of Jamal Adams being traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Before we get to that, we're going to take a really short commercial break. The trade that shook the NFL world this past weekend was Jamal Adams being moved to the Seattle Seahawks. Huge deal that occurred on Saturday. Moved from the New York Jets. The former All-Pro was dealing with some tension between him and the front office and the coaching staff, which led to this, this move to trade him. The Jets ended up getting a ton of draft picks for it, and they could potentially reap from those rewards with those multiple first-rounders and the third-rounder that they received for Jamal Adams. Now, the reason why we're talking about this, and you're probably wondering, you know, how does this relate to the Giants? Well, Jamal Adams was rumored to be uh, in the NFC East next season. They, a lot of people considered him to be either a Eagle or a Cowboy. And I don't really think the, the Seahawks were as high up in the equation as the Eagles or the Cowboys were. So now that he's not in the NFC East, Chris, should we be happy that the Giants don't have to face him twice a year? That sounds kind of obvious to say. <laughs> I, I would say yes. I mean, or at least after this year, because the, assuming the season goes off as planned, they're still going to be facing the Seattle Seahawks. I believe the Giants have to travel to Seattle, so they'll be seeing Jamal Adams again, which I think is something uh, something Daniel, Daniel Jones is not looking forward to. But I think after this year, yeah, you know, any time you don't have to see a an All Pro caliber player like that on an opposing defense, that's that is a good thing. I suppose the one other way to look at it at least the silver lining for the other other nfc east teams is they're not going to have to try to pay jamal adams so they should maybe that will give them a little bit more flexibility but you know i suppose an an all pro in the hand is worth two in the bush as it were (laughs) i'm just happy that they don't have to deal with jamal adams twice a season with either of those teams 
what I immediately point to, and some people with this trade said, oh, it wasn't really that worth it. Like, Adams is a good player, but how much of an impact can he have? Well, when the Giants played the Jets last year, Jamal Adams almost single-handedly shut down the Giants offense. He strip-sacked, actually stripped, straight-up stripped Daniel Jones. He made a ton of tremendous plays against Saquon Barkley. His impact in that game was phenomenal. Now, he was facing some some subpar offensive players on the Giants roster. Regardless, though, he was dominating in that game, and that was one of his best performances all season last year. And that is something I'm very glad that the Giants only have to see once this upcoming season and not twice a year for possibly the next five to six years. Yeah, and for the Seahawks, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, they wasted the picks. They should have gotten a linebacker instead because they needed they needed to find a linebacker for the future with Bobby Wagner getting older and it, their defense just starting to age out of the NFL. But Adams is the kind of safety who plays well as a pseudo linebacker. He, I believe, was actually a better pass rusher last year than Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, we saw him. He's a really good run defender. He can be all over the field playing in the front seven. And he is a good pass defender as well. So yes, the Jets got a huge return. Yeah, Blues, two first round picks, a third round pick, and a safety to replace Adams with Bradley McDougald. But the Seahawks got themselves a player as well. And, you know, I, bringing up Jadavian Clowney, you know, that he is, he is a player that Giants fans are continually curious about. He's a guy they desperately wanted the Giants to sign in free agency. And, you know, you have to wonder if maybe this trade does open the door for Clowney to come to New York, but, but to play for the Jets. I wouldn't be surprised if now there is an opening for enough cap room to bring in Clowney. It just seems if Joe Douglas and Adam Gase are willing to spend that money, and they've already been reluctant to pay people for being good at their jobs, apparently, which is why they didn't want to pay Jamal Adams. If they have a good player, they don't want to work with those negotiations. I, I don't know if they'd be fully willing to pay that money, but they have the best... Uh, cap situation, I think, out of most teams to bring in a player like Jadeveon Clowney. But the last thing, though, I just want to say about Jamal Adams before we wrap up today, and you you touched on it, how he's a, a pseudo-linebacker, and th- that's why I think that Adams's impact is far more significant than people really consider, because I don't think of him as much as a safety. I think of him as what defenses are trying to shift towards having in their lineups. It's kind of like Isaiah Simmons being a linebacker that can fly around the field and has the spatial movement abilities of a safety. You can use him in any situation. Uh, first in first and 10, second and short, third and long. He has the skill set to do a lot of things and stay on the field. For me, Jamal Adams is kind of the reverse of that. He's a safety, but he plays like a linebacker. He's a, a hard hitter. He is a great tackler, and he makes plays in space while playing in the secondary. Now, he's not a ball-hawking safety like some people really seek out when you try to go and get a a top-notch safety. 
But what you're getting with Adams is someone who can move up into the box with short yardage situations and play the run, as well as be multi-dimensional against the pass. Yeah, the, I think when people mention or talk about the safety position, they kind of default to the Earl Thomas type safety. Uh, Earl Thomas, Ed Reed, uh, maybe for the Giants, uh, Kenny Phillips. Yeah, those center fielders who can make plays against the pass in space or even just straight up rip play rip pages out of the playbook because they're just too risky to try. But Adams is kind of like Landon Collins and also uh, Jabril Peppers, who also, again, again, you mentioned him, Isaiah Simmons, as a guy who kind of blurs the lines between linebacker and safety. I mean, yes, he is a safety. He's listed as a safety. They identify as safeties, but they have the size and physicality and the mentality to basically play like a smaller but really athletic linebacker. And that's a valuable piece facing modern NFL offenses. I like that you mentioned how it is almost a a blur the lines type of a a player. And previously in the NFL, those guys didn't really stick around for very long. But now we're seeing we want those hybrid type players. We don't want guys that can do one thing or the other. That is the shape of how defenses are progressively becoming more and more like. That's it for today's episode of the Chris and Joe Show. Thanks for tuning in to our reactions and discussions on the latest Giants news as well as Jamal Adams being traded. Be sure to head to our website, bigblueview.com, and also follow us on social media at bigblueview. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Chris at RaptorMKII. We'll do another mailbag at the end of the week this week so stay tuned for that as well as our final positional preview which will be the safeties 